Well, today, with so many stories in front of me, I kind of feel like that radio legend from years ago. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I can very well remember my first job, my first paid job in radio. It was almost 50 years ago. At a little radio station in upstate New York, east of Rochester by about 30, 35 miles. And every day, even though the station was essentially top 40, every day they played Paul Harvey, the entire 15-minute broadcast. I didn't realize till years later to how many people around the United States literally stopped everything to listen to Paul Harvey news and comments. And what Paul Harvey tried to do was bring some humor, some hard-to-find information, but at least a truthful newscast, something that is long gone, I think, today. The idea of, of truth coming out of our news media. And remember, Paul Harvey at one time when he was working, he worked for ABC News for decades. ABC News, along with NBC and CBS, and don't forget MSNBC and and CNN and the rest of them, have long traded in the concept of journalism, of sharing truth and important news, to sharing propaganda and a narrative and a one-sided political view. That's where we are today. There's, there's no... There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, I'm certain that even in the early days of radio a hundred years ago, there was some bias in, in newsrooms, but not to the extent, not to the extent that we see today. And so for today's program, I have got a bunch of unrelated but related news stories. News stories you may have heard, others you may have missed. But I want to share as many of these as I can today. What The stories that I've kind of put aside, what I don't get to today, we're going to get to tomorrow. Because each one of these stories, I think, is vitally important. And it shows how we have tilted and jilted the truth into a narrative. The worst part is so many people have been raised in a home or ideology or place where they just assume that the news they hear is true. And there's something about conforming. And this needs to be said. A lot of people don't want to be seen as outside of the mainstream. They want to be accepted by the world. Even many Christians want to be accepted by the world, and that's a dangerous place to be. Our stories today will talk about, of course, the virus and the vaccine, and also some of the other dangers that are lurking in our society. It's like self-imposed mental illness that is going to be very self-destructive in time. So let's take a little dig into the news. So I ran into this little news story that comes out of the state of South Carolina, I've spent a lot of years of my life in South Carolina, 
In my early radio days, I actually worked at a radio station in Anderson, South Carolina, and also in Clemson in my early career days. So I know the state well. Spent a lot of time in northeast Georgia and that western part of South Carolina. And so there's a state representative by the name of William Chumley, and he's the co-sponsor of a bill known as House Bill 4848. And what Chumley is saying, what Representative Chumley is saying, the government has no place in making you or telling you to take the vaccine or vaccination or threatening your livelihood if you don't. Now, see, this is all in response to people being forced to take an experimental concoction. Plain and simple. No matter how many times somebody on MSNBC or CNN screams that the vaccines are safe and effective and that they work, the evidence doesn't back them up. In other words, CNN and MSNBC, all of them are lying to you. And we're going to show you today why they're lying and how they're lying and how the facts don't add up to the rhetoric that is coming out of the White House, out of the CDC, out of our well-paid or bought-off Surgeon General. Yeah, he made $2.5 million when he was not the Surgeon General, being a lecturer about COVID in 2020. And he's been on the big pharma payroll most of his life. He's a multimillionaire. And now he's going to tell you to take a vaccine that just increases his portfolio. Let's just get right to the root of it. The man's making money. Martha's making money, Surgeon General, out of out of the pandemic and from big pharma. He's a big pharma shill. And so what Chumley, Representative William Chumley, is saying in this bill, he, he doesn't want companies to be in a position where they have to ask about a person's COVID-19 vaccination status. In fact, he doesn't want them to even ask at all. He wants some hefty fines and even perhaps imprisonment for people that would ask. It's like Chumley said, South Carolina didn't get into this fight. It was bought onto us by the federal government. Now, the bill is currently being discussed in a state house committee. I'm not sure at what chance it stands because it's going to put the federal government at war with a state government, and it'll be interesting to see who wins. You know, there's some other stories that you don't hear much about. They don't really appear in most of the major media. Sometimes a local TV or radio station will will have a story. Maybe a small independently owned newspaper and maybe a website might have certain stories. But you can be rest assured, the story I'm about to share is not going to be the lead story on MSNBC or CNN because it destroys their lie of a narrative. Now, this came out of WTOP uh, in Washington, D.C., and this story is definitely not a conspiracy theory. And the title of the story from WTOP is Maryland's Office of the Chief Medical Examiner Faces a Staffing Crisis. Now, there are several reasons for that. And they had a few lines in that story. I'm not going to read the entire story. It is pretty long, but I think this will give you an idea. 
Here are some of the sentences, and this is kind of alarming. They've had bodies literally piling up in the office, even in the hallway. And that's according to uh, Del Krill, uh, a Democrat, uh, Del Krill Rensick, a Democrat from Montgomery, Maryland. And he made that statement last week at a House Appropriations Committee hearing. Now, a union official, you know, all these state government types have unions nowadays, especially in states like Maryland or New York or New Jersey. A union official told an organization, Maryland Matters, during a phone interview that a 30-year veteran of the medical examiner's office has never seen such a backup in these three decades of that individual's career. In fact, during previous bad spells, whatever a bad spell is, it probably would include things, oh, like bad flu year, other things of that nature. During previous bad spells, the office might have to store the remains of up to 25 people at a time. 25. Now the medical examiner is saying that they're seeing overflows of up to 150. That's a lot in that office. Now, here's the kicker, and here's what I want you to listen to. This, this story came out of WTOP. And there's some, there was a statement made by Maryland Governor Larry Hogan at a news conference earlier last week. And he was saying, the governor was saying, that the office of the chief medical examiner has been having a problem with the increased number of people that are dying. And here's the real kicker. None of these deaths, all right, just hang on here. None of these deaths are COVID-related. In other words, these are not people that succumb to the Omicron variant or the Delta variant or coronavirus at all. These excess bodies, they're not COVID-related. Now, think about that. Now, he tried to say they, it might be homicides or an, opi- an opioid overdose. Really? I mean, they know it's not COVID. And that's presenting a problem for the state-run news media narrative. That the unvaccinated are dying in these incredible numbers. So the story confirms several things. Number one, there's also a staffing shortage at the chief medical examiner's office. And part of that was to blame for the body. That's partly why the bodies are so-called backing up. And we're finding out that some of the medical workers uh, decided they did not want the vaccine. So they're no longer working there. While Hogan took the blame off of COVID being directly responsible, the report lines up very, very ominously with things we've been hearing from all over the world regarding reports across the country and literally across the globe, this term called excessive deaths. In other words, people are dying at a higher rate above the norm, and these deaths are non-COVID deaths. In other words, They are not dying of COVID-19. They're not dying of Omicron. They're not dying of the Delta or whatever other variant there is. These are unexplained deaths. 
I'm sure most of you saw a story came out about two, three weeks ago that an insurance group, I think it was out of Indiana, was seeing rates up to a death rate up 40% over pre-pandemic levels. Now, did you hear that? A death rate up 40% over pre-pandemic levels with these deaths primarily non-COVID. In other words, these are not even somebody that died with COVID, let alone of COVID. And, and it's occurring between people that are 18 to 64 years of age, according to the headline. Even Dr. Robert Malone, who was very instrumental in the development of what's considered the mRNA technology, he's made the statement the headline of that is a nuclear truth bomb masquerading as an insurance agent's dry manila envelope full of an, actuar- an actuarial table. In, in other words... Something huge is going on. Something is happening. And the mainstream media, as we know it today, doesn't want to touch it because if they do, it's like touching the third rail of politics. It'll be death to your newsroom because it means everything your newsroom has been saying has been a lie for quite a long time. We're seeing people dying. And it's among the vaccinated. And this is deeply concerning to me, as it should be to you. And yet the insanity still continues. This mass formation, this this total delusion of believing a lie that all we have to do is jab some more and COVID will go away. Well, jab we must, at least in Scotland, Israel, Austria and other places, uh, blue states, Don't forget Australia, of course, New Zealand. But there's some strange data that's coming out of highly vaccinated Scotland. Now, what is being seen in Scotland should not be ignored. Scottish data is now showing that the COVID-19 age standardized case rate. Now, that's the case rate, the standard rate, is now the highest among the two-dose vaccinated and the lowest among the unvaccinated. Now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? We were told, hey, you get the vaccine and you won't get COVID. How many times did Rachel Maddow get on TV and say, would you just get the shot? Then you'll never get sick and you'll never spread it and I won't get it from you and we'll never die. We'll all live forever or some such silly nonsense. Now we're finding out that the double vaccinated individuals are the ones that are ending up in the hospital in higher rates as a proportion of the society. Now, I'm just saying within their own group and they're dying too. Something is very wrong. And together with a bunch of other data points that keep coming out of places like Israel and other highly vaccinated nations. It raises the concern about the negative effect of the waning antibody that's supposed to be occurring from the vaccine. Now, let's stop right here. I want to just remind you, because we've been following this story so close, 
And I want to stop here and just make a statement. I want you to understand this. I didn't jump on the anti-vaccine bandwagon right away. Remember, I was like anybody else in 2020 with what we knew at the time. We knew we had some kind of a virus, and now we're learning how many lies we were told from the very beginning about the, its origin, who's involved. Uh, even the vaccine technology that's in use today has been under study for decades. And these bioweapons, whether, whether COVID-19 from the Wuhan flu is the bioweapon or is it the vaccine, it's a question that's going to have to be answered at some point. When you have a situation where, like I say, let's go back to 2020. When I worked in emergency management for several months, at first I got in there, I was gung-ho, get the job done, save people's lives. This is 2020. And so when the 15 days to flatten the curve came along and we're being told everybody would not be out any money, we're going to do this, Well, it seemed like a logical idea. And I think for many of you, you probably thought the same thing. Until 15 days became 50, then 100, then 150, and it never ended. And terms like essential and non-essential became an integral part of our vocabulary. And of course, any government worker, no matter what that government worker does, was considered essential. You, with your little grocery store, your privately owned grocery store or hardware store, you were considered non-essential. You had to shut down. If you had a restaurant, tough. Shut it down. You can't have people in there. They're going to die of COVID in your restaurant. And so we had the essential and non-essential. Churches were declared non-essential. The place you buy lottery tickets and alcoholic beverages, they were considered essential. The state makes money on those. And I don't care if you work for parks and recreation and the parks were shut down. As a government worker, you you got to stay home and, and do a Zoom meeting in your pajamas and still get your paycheck. This is where we were at. And then we started working. Like I say, we started, I mentioned this last week, we came into this pandemic with these predictions of three to three and a half million dead in the United States alone by by June, July, maybe August of 2020. Well, those numbers never came even within 10% of that, not even to 7% of that number by the time the summer hit. And I could see the trend developing in the month of May. And I said, I can't do this anymore. We prepared for 3,000 people to die in the county in which I served, and we were like at about eight, at about 25 or 30. Something was wrong with this. We had an empty hospital. They had laid off most of their staff. They just had a few wards open for COVID patients and others. And all elective surgeries and other things were postponed. Floor after floor after floor in that hospital was shut down. I can remember one of those morally, intellectually bankrupt stories coming off of a newspaper. And and for anybody that lives in South Carolina, in the upstate, 
the Anderson Independent newspaper is owned by Scripps Howard. They're an awful company. They are just despicable. They're, they, they disgust me to no end. That newspaper at one time was a reputable newspaper, locally published. And then it got bought out, like a lot of newspapers did. And, of course, they're struggling financially, so they have to cut staff. And they've merged it with the Greenville News, another one of the Scripp Howard's bankrupt operations, intellectually and journalistically bankrupt, and financially, too. And they have this big headline, Anderson Hospital. Anderson Hospital running it at 96% capacity because of the coronavirus. 96% capacity. It's a disaster. And they leave with the impression that everybody's going to die. And there's going to be no place to go. They're going to be stacking up bodies outside the hospital and the hospital floors. I mean, it's going to be just a disaster. They're going to have you in the cafeteria for, for, for room space. And that's how the story, and this is like I'm saying, when you look at the news today, newspapers that have been bought up by Scrip Howard, they are nothing but lying rags, just garbage. Don't spend your money on a paper full of lies. Just don't do it. I can remember when I worked in emergency management, they lied about me in a story. I mean, they did, and they didn't care, even though they knew they were wrong. They were going to publish it anyway because they didn't like me. They didn't like a lot of people. So, too bad. But see, a lot of people, a lot of older people that still would get the newspaper and they still believed everything they read, saw that headline and they were panicked. Now, this is 2020. This is before the vaccines. Probably, I don't know, maybe it's, I'm thinking April of 2020. Now, thankfully, there was a television reporter for a local TV station in that market who saw that headline story in the newspaper and thought, well, gee, we need to follow up on this and, you know, make it make it the big news story at the noon news. And so they went and talked to the hospital administrator in Anderson and The question was asked, is the hospital running at 96% capacity? And the guy said, well, kind of, yes, but not really. What do you mean? Well, we're at 96% of what we actually have open. We've shut down over two-thirds of the hospital. In other words, we're running really 30% capacity. So we can call anybody back that's on furlough anytime. So there was a good example of how a headline was a lie to get you into panic mode over COVID-19 from an intellectually and journalistically bankrupt news organization called Scripps Howard. If your newspaper's from Scripps Howard, don't even use it to line a birdcage. We'd be bad for the bird. I mean, face it. Last July, July of 2021, President Biden was telling you that if you just if you just get the vaccination, you're not going to get COVID. Heard that from everybody at CNN and MSNBC and and how quickly Biden embraced the idea of forced everything. People like 
CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, another verifiable liar, somebody that should not be in that office because she consistently and repeatedly and knowingly lies to the American people. She goes, the vaccines are incredibly safe. (laughs) The most unsafe vaccine ever produced. They'll protect you against Omicron. No, they didn't. They'll protect us against Delta. No, they didn't. They'll protect us against COVID. No, they didn't. She said vaccinated people do not carry the virus. They don't get sick. What a lie that was. And she knew it at the time that she said it. The data was already coming in from around the world. Either she's the stupidest woman ever put in any job, or she's a bona fide partisan hack liar. Either which way, she doesn't need to be in that particular job. You and I have seen this. You look at the data. It is out there. There's no doubt about it. The data is clear. The data is perfectly clear that the more we keep jabbing people with this experimental concoction for the tiny amount of protection you get for a short period of time, there is damage being caused to people. People are dying. We've never seen the number of people die playing soccer or football, depending where you live. Never seen these kind of numbers. It's like six or seven times higher than any other year before. People are getting COVID-19 and they're definitely spreading it, even if they're fully vaccinated and boosted. How many booster shots are we going to put into people's arms and wait to see what it does? Once again, never forget, there is not one Not one FDA-approved vaccine that you can get in the United States today. Not a one. It is still not available. That was a great dog and pony show. It was a bait-and-switch, smoke-and-mirror event with the FDA. Everybody at the FDA that was involved in that process to fool the American people should be fired. They shouldn't be allowed to work for the people because they have lied and deceived the people of this country. Just like the liars are doing it in Canada, Australia, and Austria. These liars are everywhere. And I just have to wonder, what, are they, what is it they don't want us to know? Why are they so deeply invested in these concoctions that have never been proven? And it seems the more we boost, the more we're seeing people having immune system deficiencies. A lot of people made that prediction, oh, by the time we were, before we got to the spring of 2021, vaccines are first out there and some people started questioning the ingredients. Now, wait a minute. We've never proven this kind of technology. What we do know, what we could find is that every time we've used these kind of experimental vaccines based on a messenger RNA, they've had dismal failure after a couple of years. Are we doing an experiment on the human race to find out how many we can kill? 
I mean, look, I, I'm sure some of you have been to some websites where they will tell you that this is part of a grand plan of the World Economic Forum, Bill Gates and others, to depopulate the world. Now, I'm not going to go that far to make that accusation yet. But man, I'll tell you something. As these months have gone by, that prospect becomes eerily possible. I mean, really, it does. And you'd say, well, why would people do that? Very simple. Satan has been allowed to run free across the world. And he seeks to destroy, deceive, devour, ruin. Because he knows his day of destiny is coming. He wants to take as many, many with him as he can. The Bible talks about mass delusion. And I think among these reprobate leaders around the world, and I'll explain what I mean by that in the next segment of the program. By the way, real fast story before the break here. An ophthalmologist in British Columbia in Canada has refused to treat two young children with serious eye conditions because they haven't been vaccinated. These are little kids. Not big kids, little kids. The mothers of these two different children, uh, they were devastated when the office had inquired about their vaccination status for the COVID, you know, for the corona. And they've decided this West Coast vision in Surrey, British Columbia, uh, they're not going to treat unvaccinated children, even if they go blind, doesn't matter. So much with their Hippocratic oath, there's just a bunch of hypocrites. The mothers are now scrambling to find new ophthalmologists for their children. It was a critical time to see your specialist because he is losing his vision. But these reprobates are so scared of the Rona and they so believe that the savior of the world is Fauci and and Pfizer and, and Moderna and AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. We've come down to that kind of insanity. Let a kid go blind because I'm afraid he might have Rona. Kids don't spread it. They barely get it. This is satanic in nature. Now, I've got a lot more stories that'll go on to some different topics. Got a lot of them today. But you know, when we get to the end of this list, whether it's today or tomorrow... I want to tie a thread together on all these seemingly unrelated stories because you need to understand there is a huge agenda and it's playing out like clockwork before our very eyes. Now, if you believe in what we're doing here at Truth to Ponder, would you consider supporting us financially? If you can, to help pay for radio airtime, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Our mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Then add the number. This is our secure box. Number 3248. Number 3248. The city Crestview, Crestview, Florida. 32536. That's Crestview, Florida. 32536. You can also... As many do support us directly from the website, which is truth the number two ponder.com, 
truth2ponder.com. You can also find that physical mailing address there. We'll be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The No Answer Answer. Shalom Aleichem, this is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can, so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The scripture, John 18, 38, Pilate asked, what is truth? I remember in philosophy class, my teacher said that Jesus didn't answer, he walked away. Well, of course he didn't walk away, he was a prisoner. But it's such a good question, why didn't the Lord answer it? Well, why didn't he answer it? A deeper reason. The fact is he did answer the question. What was the question? What is truth? What was the answer? He just stood there. He did answer by just standing there. Why? Because the truth isn't an explanation. It's not a concept, not a bunch of words, not an idea. The truth was reality. Truth is him. To say anything might have taken away from that. Truth is not summed up in something he said. Truth is him. He is truth. It's not about him. It's not anything that way. It's just standing there. It was him present. That's the truth. He's the truth. And so even as believers, we often miss this whole thing because truth becomes for us words about the truth, concepts, doctrines about the truth, songs about the truth, ministries about the truth, programs about the truth. All these things can be good, but these things are not him. They're about him. But when Messiah was asked, what is truth? He didn't talk. He didn't have any doctors or programs or hymns or ministries. He just stood there. And we as believers, often as Pilate, we miss the truth standing there. We want the things about him. We want to do all these things around him and about him and all that. But he's there. It's him in the mist. Be still as he was and come back to the raw truth. Because truth is not about him. Truth is him. Because you'll find he's standing right there next to you in the quiet. And that's more than enough. And that's the truth. Want more? Ask for God on the blue planet. Now, the free gift for you, the mystery, the temple doors, you'll love it, and sapphires, with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, and the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. So how do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1, and you will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. One, and I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, and you can have a part in the end-time harvest. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Just write to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Alechem, be still and know that He is God. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah HaEmet, the way, the truth, and the life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the program, Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Got a few more stories that I definitely want to share. You got to hear. Uh, We're going to move away from pandemic and vac stuff for a few minutes to some things that are equally, and in many cases, even more important, because they'll affect you in your day-to-day life, these stories. I was thinking back over the years where my life has taken me, 
And, and I'm going to just come right out and say how God has provided for me, even in times that I was definitely not deserving. I mean, to be able to do a radio program like this, sure, I'm not as big as a Joe Rogan or somebody else. I don't have 14 million listeners and millions of dollars coming my way. That's not happening. But I have the privilege, I have the honor of being on a, shall we say, lesser used medium, but a very important one to many people across the globe. And I want to continue to see this medium expand on shortwave radio, maybe even domestic stations. And while the opportunity is there, of course, as a podcast, I see that growing. And I'm, I try to, I'm, I'm trying to figure the best way to grow all of it. My heart says it is time to bring this program to the next logical level. Over the past year and a half, the program has grown each and every week. I hear from more and more people, and I hear from them globally, not just domestically. Canada is growing dramatically in terms of shortwave listenership, let alone as a podcast. And we're beginning to get listeners in Europe. So it is encouraging. But it's not a million listeners. It's not even 100,000. It's probably only in the low thousands. But still, it's a privilege and an honor to do this radio program. God has laid it upon my heart. This is one of the most important things I do every week, even though there's no paycheck involved. But I'm trying to figure out what is the next level that God is calling this program to do. I've got so many things on my plate. I'm trying to finish an engineering project. I've got some ministry projects that that they just got to get launched during what I believe is going to be a time of respite. The truth is going to come out. It doesn't mean the battles, it doesn't mean the war is over. It just means we might win a brief battle. But we're going to be fighting a war on multiple fronts. And I need to prepare God's people, not just with this radio program, but within their own churches. So this is something that is on my heart and my mind. How do we take this show to the next level? It's not easy to do all the research and all the production and all the editing and all the distribution. And even during this travel time, being in Florida and working, I am so far behind on correspondence, I deeply apologize. I've had some days where I sleep late because I just, my body is just giving out. My mind, even today, it's hard. I'm getting double vision trying to read. And I need to take a little time, but I don't have, I don't see the time. But getting back to these news stories, and I want to just do a a, a couple here. Now, first, I want to take you back, I want to take you back to 1975. If you were to go back 50 years ago, a little, not quite 50 years ago, I'm sorry, let's go back 1975, we're going back 40, what, years ago? 47 years ago, 47 years ago, it was a very unusual time for me. I ended up leaving the job that I had in the frozen tundra lands of upstate New York. And, and I'll, I'll tell you the whole story some other day, how I ended up in the South. But here we're getting ready to enter the month of February. And it was in about the middle part of February that I ended up in 1975 
in a small northeast Georgia town called Tocoa, Georgia. It's spelled T-O-C-C-O-A, Tocoa, not Tacoma, Tocoa, Georgia. Right there on the state line was South Carolina, not far from North Carolina either, but very close to South Carolina. And it's in that little town that I went to work for a radio station, ended up doing news there as well, got married, started, you know, did all the all the stuff you do. And and how many people can remember 1975? Well, for several years since literally what, um, 1971 or before, we've been having issues monetarily in the United States. Inflation was somewhat out of control. Our money was not as good. Our currency was going down. We had gone off the gold standard. And now with the faith and credit of the United States, whoopee. But that's what the globalist bankers wanted. And I can remember 1975 coming to work at this little radio station. And and it was a, not a good economy in that part of the world or anywhere, really. A lot of stores were out of business. Some businesses were laying off in some of the plants and factories. And it was not a good time. Inflation was out of control. And I can remember watching the television in 1975, and, and President Gerald Ford saying this. I will not take your time today with the discussion of the origins of inflation and its bad effect on the United States. But I do know where we want to be in 1976, on the 200th birthday of a United States of America that has not lost its way nor its will nor its sense of national purpose. During the meetings on inflation, I listened carefully to many valuable suggestions. Since the summit, I have evaluated literally hundreds of ideas, day and night. My conclusions are very simply stated. There is only one point on which all advisors have agreed. We must whip inflation right now and of course you had the win button w-i-n whip inflation now button that everybody was supposed to wear and we're going to get over this this bad economy we're going to whip inflation now i can remember the man that i worked for at this radio station in northeast georgia and he made this statement he goes you know what W-I-N really stands for? We in need. And in many ways, he was right. Our economy was in bad shape in 1975. And I want you to think about this. When did it ever get better? Did it get better in 1976? Of course not. This bad economy lingered. In 1976, 77, 78, 79, and 1980 and into 81 before it ever rebounded to any decent level. We had energy shortages because we were not drilling our own oil. We were dependent upon foreign nations. Sound familiar? 
you know, we're doing the same insanity all over again. Cut off our own energy supply. Uh, Make it difficult for those that are trying to move goods and services. Um, Spend money you don't have so it deflates all the money we have. We have this cycle. You know, I'm, I'm trying to go through history, and maybe somebody can help me with this. But ever since we got the Federal Reserve back in the early 1900s over the despicable president, Woodrow Wilson, and his failed policies that did, a, that did away with states appointing their senators, gave us the income tax and the Federal Reserve, all destructive, all bad, all horrifically horrible, set us on this, this never-ending path. I'm trying to find times before the Federal Reserve where the nation had massive economic turmoil. We've certainly had our share ever since the Federal Reserve came into being. Stock market crash, 2028, 29. You can go over history. You had a a depression that lasted like 10 years or more. I mean, the 1930s were the Depression era. It never disappeared. Even with all the government spending, it just made things worse. It took a war to get us out, which is what I always worry about. In the 60s, when we had economic turmoil, let's have a war. In the 1950s, we had a war called the Korean conflict. When does that cycle of war to to create prosperity end? And I think we're on that precipice once again. Now, I'm going to share this quick story here. A lesson of history. Now, back in October of 1789, dozens of women were looking for food at an outdoor market in Paris. And the store shelves were empty. Bread in particular, a staple of the French diet, was in critically short supply. And what little bread the shops did have available was being sold for sky-high prices. Aha! Sound familiar? Now, this was nothing new for the French peasants because the government had mismanaged the economy so poorly that food supplies had been failing and falling and bread prices rising for years. It's one of the things that brought about what is called the French Revolution. People had enough. People had enough. People started banging on drums and signaling others that it was time for a protest. And before long, 10,000 people were marching in the streets. Remember, it was the Queen Antoinette who said, if if they don't have any bread, let them eat cake. I mean, this was the government of their day. This government in France in the 1700s sounds about as stupid as the Biden administration in Washington, as stupid as the Justin Trudeau crowd, the Macron crowd, the Morrison crowd in in Australia, they all are equally as dim-witted and stupid. They don't have half a brain cell that rubs against the other anymore. And they think they can ride herd on this economy forever. They're destroying it. We have inflation now. We're told it's just transitory. Another story that I have here in front of me, this ought to scare you a little bit. If it doesn't, it needs to. Did you know that since March of 2020, 
you know, the beginning of the Rona pandemic. Americans in the world have watched from the sidelines, really, as the power-hungry politicians did their lockdowns, their 15,000 days to flatten the curve and all the other nonsense. Police state Gestapo-like measures. You know, my, my heart is broken for those New York City police officers that were gunned down needlessly. Literally a, an attack. But I'm also, some of those New York officers need to be highly ashamed for enforcing the dictates of dictators that consider themselves mayors in the city of New York. Dragging a six-year-old out of a restaurant because she doesn't have her vaccine passport. Arresting her and treating her like the criminals they're not arresting in New York City anymore. They're not arresting those that are knocking people down and killing people and shooting people and stabbing people. No, they're arresting six-year-old girls for not having a vaccine passport. So as far as I'm concerned, until the New York City Police Department stands up and tells the Nazi dictators that call themselves mayors, we're not going to obey these unconstitutional orders. Well, they're going to get what they get. We have spent, now here's the key, 80% of all United States dollars in existence have been printed in the last two years. 80%. And what's that doing to the value of our money? It's going down. We have inflation again. We have trillions of dollars in debt and trillions of dollars in funny money in the economy, making what money you have in the bank or in your wallet and your checking account worth less day by day. That is a tax, my friend. I'm telling you, the more money we print, there are more dollars chasing the same amount of goods and services, which makes the prices rise. We now, remember I talked about 1975. (laughs) We are now getting even worse inflation that lasted for years back then. If you take what the dollar is worth today versus then, we're now even in worse shape than we were, and we're headed to a disaster if we don't do something soon. By November of 2021, we had $20 trillion in circulation. $20 trillion. And at the beginning you know, of 2020, just about $5 trillion in circulation. Where did all that go? The Federal Reserve System um, are the ones that are doing this. They're the ones. And our consumer price index is the worst since the days that you heard Jerry Ford say, we're going to whip inflation now. I remember those days very well. I can remember when a mortgage had a 9 or 10 or 11% interest rate. I can remember how difficult it was to buy or sell a home. I had to a couple of times during the 1970s. It took well into the 1980s before things stabilized. And our economy has been an up and down mess my entire life. And I've learned one thing. If anybody believes all we need to do is vote the right people in in November of this year and maybe get a different president in 2024 and our problems will be fixed forever is a fool. I've been voting for over, I'll be voting 50 years come this November and we haven't fixed it yet and we never will. We're dealing with a build back 
better plan that really should be build back broke because we're spending money we don't have. We didn't take care of our responsibilities when we could have. I mean, I've watched cities and counties, even where I live out in Florida, they try to get involved in the private sector and invest in the winners and losers, something to which they have no business or parcel. The city of Port St. Lucie, where we live, they spent millions of dollars building this wonderful campus. They were going to attract all this high-tech industry back during the Obama years, and it went bust. And the taxpayers were stuck with mega millions of dollars to pay off from this failed venture, which should never have happened. And now they sold the property for a fraction of what they had in it. I mean, the the, the city should not be doing this. Economic development is something that's a really big industry right now. And it causes companies to move from state to state, here to there. It's just, we've got an issue. It's got to be resolved. Now, so build back better is just destroying the economy, giving us inflation, runaway inflation, and empty shelves. And with the vaccine mandates, truckers have said, enough. Just like the truckers have gone across Canada, they're getting ready to go across the United States and even across Australia. I think it's time that they stand up and be counted. It's time to push back, push back against these tyrants. They are not leaders. They are not our kings. They're supposed to be our employees, but they don't listen. And many like Biden himself, who's made mega millions off foreign governments and his inside knowledge, just like Nancy Pelosi, their net worth is $300 million because she's been in Congress and had inside information. It's, it's a disgusting system that has to be fixed. Now, listen, here's one more story. I've got to get into this one. And we'll probably pick up tomorrow on this and others. There's a biologically, for real, female swimmer still left at the University of Pennsylvania. You've probably heard about that story. And she has said the school has brushed her off because of her concerns about sharing her locker room with a male swimmer. Now, this male swimmer is identifying as a woman and calls itself himself Leah Thomas. And breaking all kinds of women's swimming records. Leah Thomas, who wasn't always Leah Thomas. And here's the problem. This story came out of the United Kingdom Daily Mail. And this particular real biological female swimmer stated that she and many others feel very uncomfortable sharing their locker room with this transgender swimmer by the name of Leah Thomas. And she said multiple swimmers have raised this question multiple times. And this particular real biological female told um, the newspaper, we are actually being told we, we cannot ostracize Leah by not having her in the locker room. And there's nothing we can do about it. And here's the problem. See, It's not like he's been surgically altered. He's been taking some testosterone-suppressing drugs, but he still has all his male parts. He is still a male. He's still a guy. 
And according to many of the swimmers on the team in Pennsylvania, he is very attracted to women. I guess he's going to consider himself a gay transgender female. There's something wrong when a university lets a mental illness or a satanically driven illness in this case. I think this guy just wants fame and he wants to have, he wants to be a winner. He was losing, by the way, this female swimmer, the male that turned female, by the way, swam for three years as a male at Penn State and decided, I can't win this way, so I guess I'll become a girl. And we have a reprobate government encouraging this. Now, in Florida, elementary school students, uh, the parents of an elementary school student are suing their daughter's school district after their child attempted to commit suicide following that elementary school's effort to orchestrate her secret transition to being a male from a girl. The suit was filed in U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Florida. A sixth-grade student at Patterson Elementary School in Fleming Island had adopted a male transgender identity at a school with the support of administrators, and they wouldn't tell the parents, and the parents are angry. Also in California, mother said her daughter's teachers are predatory and disgusting after she had filed a lawsuit against them, and the school district alleging the two teachers brainwashed her preteen child to change her gender. This is madness. This, my friends, is totally satanic in nature. There's also cases in Wisconsin right now. Same thing. Parents of a 12-year-old girl said they had to withdraw their daughter from the district school to protect her mental health because they were trying to they were trying to have her daughter become a male, too. This is state-run insanity. These reprobates are delusional. And God's judgment is coming sooner than later. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We really need to finish this discussion of the news tomorrow. All of these stories, whether it's the vaccine madness, hey, it doesn't work, so let's keep doing it some more. As I tried to tell you at the beginning of the program, I was not an anti-vaccine person back in 2020, not even in early 2021, until I started learning that there were some things very suspicious about all of this. And now it's playing out with mandates. And we've seen over and over again, they failed to do what they were promised to do. Do you believe in what we're doing? We're going to pick up these news stories tomorrow. I've got a ton of them. you got to hear if you believe what we're doing and would you help pay for the airtime, our mailing address, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address for Truth to Ponder is 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. We are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That zip code... 32536. We'll be back tomorrow and continue this very important discussion. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. 
That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.